Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I am Alex. I'm Wet. I'm Willie. I'm Tim. I'm Nick. Today, uh, so we decided not to go through with our old boy review, uh, because we recently learned that Paul Walker has passed away uh, in, a, in a tragic event, so we decided to go with one of his movies. Uh, we went with Running Scared, something that uh, I've heard a lot of different people praise on, on different podcasts and things like that. As uh, one of one of Paul Walker's best performances, so we will be reviewing Paul Walker's uh, Running Scared, even though he didn't direct it. But it's Paul Walker's Running Scared this week. Um, but we're gonna do what we've been watching before that, and uh, just before we get to that, uh, another Hollywood actor has passed away. His name is Christopher Evan Welch, and uh, he's not tick. Uh, he's not really well known in the uh, in the Hollywood circles, but well, maybe in the Hollywood circles, but. Not to a lot of people out there. He had smaller parts in The Master and Lincoln and a few other things. He's going to be in a new show called Silicon Valley that's going to air on HBO. But most importantly, he played Grant Test on Rubicon, which is a show very close to my heart and Nick's heart as well. And uh, we just wanted to make people aware of that and uh, pour one out for for Christopher Evan Welch. But that's about it. So I think we'll go into what we've been watching. Uh, Lance, what have you been watching? I saw 12 Years a Slave okay. in theaters, and it was a very good film, directed by Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen? The not, not, not the actor Steve McQueen. Yeah. Director Steve McQueen. Yeah, I was, I was going to call him Steve R. McQueen, but he doesn't go by that. No, he doesn't. he's his own man. So, <laughs> he, uh, he's a very good director. He's made three films so far. Mm-hmm. Um, Hunger, Shame, and 12 Years a Slave, and... 12 Years a Slave is probably his best film, most accomplished film, because he, um, it's, it's an epic film. It's a, you know, it's done very, very well with a lot of costumes, a lot of tracking shots, um, long takes, and just terrific acting all around from, from a lot of people, including Paul Giamatti, a.k.a. Rhino. A.k.a. the Rhino. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Benedict Cumberbatch, a.k.a. Common. <laughs> Sherlock. Spoiler alert, kind yeah. of. And then, um, uh, yeah, it's a lot of, lot of good stuff in that film. Um, done in just with the most care, I think, was yeah. what, is what he did with that film. He just, and it didn't even feel like, like it was like, it was just a really good story told very well. It didn't feel like an episodic kind of film where it was like, okay, this is his first year as a slave. This is his second year as a slave. It's just like, <laughs> it's just like. It was it was just these moments in his life that were very very poor for him, you know. And uh, the character played by Chiwetel Ejiofor, um, Sal- Salman Northrup. Yes. And um, yeah, I just I enjoyed it very much. And it it like it didn't it didn't really like like hit you on the head with anything really about what slavery was. It it just kind of presented it to you, which which I liked. Like there was this one scene. Paul Giamatti, I always I come back to Paul Giamatti because he's so good in it. Um, and he he kind of walks around and he's he hits all these slaves like he hits them on, and it's just like he just does it. That's what he does. That's what this character does, you know. And and he he just like brings him up. He like hits this guy just to show how strong he is. He hits this woman because she's making a lot of noise, and like it's just um, like it, it doesn't draw attention to it, but it shows you that it's there. If, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it kind of shows you. He's definitely one of the people that thought of slaves as property, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, so. yeah. It was it was quite good. Nick and I, Nick and I have talked about it previously, but 
Uh, always good to hear more thoughts. And if you want to hear a fantastic discussion, check out the Slash Filmcast where they talk with noted movie troll Armand White about his feelings uh, on the movie. And it's that was the first time that I'm like, I understand where Armand White is coming from. And I still completely disagree with him. But you just, you, you finally learn that Armand White is not watching movies for the same reason that you're watching movies. So go check that out if you want to hear more on 12 Years of Slave. So, all right, Willie, what have you been watching? Um, I watched three movies on Blu-ray just recently. The first one was um, Lovelace with Amanda Seyfried and Peter Sarsgaard about Linda Lovelace and the making of no, Deep noted, Throat. Yes, noted adult film adult actress. Adult film actress. Really, the first, the first adult film star, I guess. That's um, such a Willie movie to watch. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Um, why? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, it was... I, I like movies. Uh, I guess I like movies about... <laughs> we do, um, too. <laughs> I like movies about um, kind of like the rise and fall story. You know, like uh, like Blow or... Um, I mean, is that related to the Lovelace movie? <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, there's a bit of that in both ways. Um, but no, it's, uh, it, it's just one of those ones where I, I, there's not a whole... It was a, a, a good movie, great performances. Um, Sarsgaard is really scary in it. Um, Amanda Seyfried is, despite the fact that she's like in a very weird situation throughout the course of the movie, you feel for her because you kind of they peel back the curtain on. They kind of show you the um, the glitz and glamour of what she was going through at first because Deep Throat was a huge deal when it came out. Like she was treated like a legitimate movie star, and people were t- saying like she's going to be a real movie. Like, yeah. A movie star, and um, you see that, and then they kind of peel back the each layer, and they show you just how nasty things really were. So it's, it's it was an interesting movie. I will probably never watch it again. I can almost guarantee that it's one of those ones where I enjoyed the story. It was kind of nice to like illuminate a little bit of that time period and that that um, that industry at the time. But I I mean by no means will I ever like sit down and be like, hey, let's watch Lovelace, you know. Um, so, um, and then I watched White House Down. Also it always known. impresses me how good you are at keeping those two movies straight. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just <laughs> stupid or something. But no, I. No, you could say White House Down or Olympus Has Fallen and say who's in either of them for either movie, and I would not know that you're telling the difference. Well, this is White House Down, also known as Bro Olympus Has Fallen, <laughs> um, with uh, Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx and James Woods. Um, oh shit, James Woods is in that? Oh, yeah. he's in it. Oh, no. <laughs> I have to see it now. Um, I feel like this movie, if I had seen it before I had seen Olympus Has Fallen, I would have liked it better than I wound up liking it, because Olympus Has Fallen is just light years, like, nails the tone way better than, than White House Down does. Um, and Tim, you've seen both as well, right? Yeah, I, I kind of flip a little. Okay, all right. Interesting. <laughs> Actually, interesting. Right. I, I just, I think that White House Down right tries now. too hard to be... <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I'm going to get catty over here. White House Down tries too hard to be kind of buddy comedy and I don't feel like there's a lot of there's all that much uh, chemistry between Jamie Foxx and, and Channing Tatum which makes it kind of unintentionally funny for me at some yeah. points where I'm like these guys don't even like why are they on the same, the same movie right now um, <laughs> I don't know but I, I didn't hate it once again I'll never watch it again but I, whatever it's just there um, yeah. I understand why Olympus made more money um, and then The Wolverine which I missed um, upon our initial Review of that. Yes, I was gone. You were, you were at camp. At camp. Yep. Um, I actually liked Wolverine quite a bit, and I pretty much agree with what you guys had said. I think all you guys kind of agreed. That towards the end, it kind of just devolves a little bit into mm-hmm. goofiness, but 
and not good goofiness. <laughs> but um, but for the, like, I would say the first like I don't know if, it, if the movie's two hours, I'd say the first hour and a half is pretty freaking awesome. Like I, I enjoyed, legitimately enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that for the most part, they are correcting some of the errors of the last couple X, before First Class, the last couple X-Men movies. I'm excited to see... I, I found myself walking away very excited to see where they go next. So that's a good thing. I think the biggest thing is that it's nice that they learned that X3 and Origins weren't where people... where fans wanted the movies to go. Yeah, and and, and this one definitely, toward, like I said, towards the end, it feels like yeah. Origins a little bit again. I'm like, ooh, this is really stupid. Like, just dumb. <laughs> just so much dumb stuff going on. Like, chick spitting acid and robo samurai and I was like, this is, this is no place in this movie. Like, it really doesn't. But, um, everything before it I enjoyed enough to where, uh, it, honestly, it, I, I walked away feeling positive about the movie. And, um, and then, like, the after credits type sequence was very exciting. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it was. It was very enticing. I'm like, hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, I, you, you have my you have my attention, Fox. Don't screw it up. This is Wolverine's last stand for sure. Yes. It's either going to be do or die. Yep. So we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where they take the character of Wolverine, um, even post uh, in the next, Days of Future in Past. In the next Mangold, Jackman, Wolverine Yeah, I, I hope that they... Uh, I hope Wolverine was pretty successful compared to Origins, correct? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that they allow Mangold to... Um, I just want everybody to know those poppings. That that's that's Nick getting gum for for the whole table. Lance, Lance, Lance is good. So right. you can when you hear the the incessant chewing on this podcast from everybody here. I tried really hard to keep it quiet. It was funny. Um, I hope they give Mangled a little bit more freedom because I think a lot of the stuff that was in towards the end of Wolverine was kind of it all felt to me like studio like we need Silver Samurai in the movie. <laughs> Did did you watch the uh, unrated <laughs> or the extended? Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. I did. They uh, there's I don't I never saw the rated version. I want to so. know. It's bloodier. <laughs> I was gonna say. I would it's... assume. I because there's it's, were there any f bombs? Yes. Yeah. Sweet. It's right. <laughs> there's yeah. There's not a ton, but there's a couple. Sweet. They're, they're placed in good spots, and it's it's really violent. Like I don't know how violent the cut you guys oh. saw was. But it's PG like, thirteen one. <laughs> I, I remember coming out like, and that was one of the things I said. I go, this should be rated R. Yeah. Like that movie should have been rated R. <laughs> and normally I'm not like that. With this cut is definitely rated R. I mean, there's no okay. like that. I really want to see it. It's. Is there I, any nudes? Uh no no well, I think a little Jackman butt. Oh well, but, there's Jackman butt in the PG thirteen. Okay yeah. well, but anyway, the, the fight between how um, much crack? <laughs> the fight between him crack and um uh, uh Hiroyuki Sonata. The guy who plays Shin- Shingen, the dad with the samurai sword. He yes, a- yes. Okay. Um, is really violent. Like, I don't know how violent the... Like, I, I'll have to watch the PG-13 version. It's been so a while can, since know, we've seen so it. So I can I talk really more remember. about it. But no, it, that was interesting. I forgot that there was, I was watching the unrated cut until just now. So. Okay. Cool. I'm going to pick that one up. Tim. Yeah. What have you been watching? Not much. Um, <laughs> football. Yeah, football. I want to touch... Oh, I, I, I want to say I like Olympus and Fallen and... White House Down. I just wanted to say I like White House Down because it's like the most Roland Emmerich movie. Oh, it's so Roland It's like, there's like a hundred jokes in it and only like three of them actually work. And, <laughs> and it's just so cheesy and like, go America. James Woods is ridiculous and Jamie Foxx like, half the movie he does this weird Obama impression and I then know. the other half he's just he Jamie Foxx. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. So actually, I, I think I had more fun at that one. 
Okay. Then you make me want to see that. But Olympus, <laughs> Olympus, would you say would you would you say Olympus is the better movie? Yeah. More fun with Viola Star. Okay. Was Olympus yeah. uh, Antoine Fuqua? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Olympus is good too. I like Antoine Fuqua. What did you What did you refer to Olympus has? I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the on the air. Head stabbings. Yeah, you see, like, some, a, you like see, a lot of you, like Gerard Butler just, just stabs everybody in the head. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in our text conversation about it, uh, we do this frequently where I will have watched a movie first, and then he'll text me about as it, him as he's watching it, or vice versa. And he referred to Olympus Has Fallen as two hours of hilarious murders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a very accurate description. I really want to see both of these. Yeah, you should. should I think they're should both. Double feature them. Uh, they're both worth a watch. I mean, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Now, other than that, um, I wanted to touch on. I've been watching Deep Space Nine like again. <laughs> Deep Space Nine. In an era of binge watching, we TV should say shows, this is a Star Trek. Star TV Trek show, Deep, for those Deep of you Space that Nine. Sorry, for those of you that aren't as big of nerds as we are, <laughs> for you young pups that went around. When for it me, I have, I watched for Willie. a decent amount of episodes when I was younger. I've never sat down and watched it, but like a, in an era of binge watching TV shows, anybody who binge watches or says they binge watch Deep Space Nine is a liar <laughs> because you cannot physically do it. Like I, I'm only through season two, and it's taken me like three months. <laughs> so, so it's just what I throw on, and then like I watch and like you, like do I, laundry. And I stuff? do other stuff, and then I get into it, and then I throw on another episode like two days later. Maybe well, that's actually and it follows the typical Star Trek. It's it's an hour long, right? An hour longs are hard to get through in the first place, right? But. Right. What helps though is uh, Avery Avery Brooks. Commander Benjamin Sisko mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is a complete and total madman. Like, he's an insane person. I think he's a terrible actor, but I don't know. <laughs> it's just because everything is just so dramatic. He teaches a school, I think at Syracuse, on acting. And I can only imagine, like, the like, final exam of that thing. So, <laughs> you have to cut off an appendage <laughs> on camera. Yeah, and then if you haven't watched The Captains, I think I've talked about The Captains documentary. Watch it. Because William Shatner interviewing all of the Star Trek captains, and the Avery Brooks part is amazing because <laughs> he asks Avery Brooks these weird questions about, like, I don't know, death or something, and Avery Brooks just smiles and plays the piano. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, doesn't answer the question, and Shatner just, like, stares and nods. The best. Watch it. It's on Netflix. I've wanted it. to watch the captains it's for a so long time. Now, so. <laughs> it's so funny. Bacula's barely in it, but and that's a letdown, because Bacula seems like the... No, they all seem pretty normal except for every book. So. <laughs> I remember thinking I watched very little. I went on a weird Star Trek, like not even a binge, but sort of an exploratory mission, if you will. Yeah. Uh, after we after <laughs> it was a five year journey. No, no, no. <laughs> Although if, apparently, if I was going to marathon uh, Deep Space Nine, it would be. But I watched a little bit of Next Generation, and then I watched a little bit of Deep Space Nine, and then I watched a little bit of Voyager. Yeah. And then I watched like a little bit by a little bit. I mean, like twelve minutes of the original series, and I was like, "No, <laughs> nope, that's a shame." But, <laughs> uh, More Star Trek, you, Alex's you, tears. You can have it. Um, Deep Space Nine. I remember thinking this. I was like, "This cat. I don't know what to think about this captain. Like, he either got promoted through some loophole or something. He just, he's very. Um, and he has some scenes where you're like, he's really good. And and like you said, you're not sure if Avery, Avery Brooks is a bad actor because some scenes I'm like, "Wow, he was really really good." And the next scene, I'm like, just. <laughs> Who is this? Like, it's almost like there's, there's twins. There's, there's Avery Brooks. It's like the it's it's yeah. There's, there's just like his twin brother who plays on like on like even days of the week. Like they're, they're like part-time, so different. Part-time yes, captains yes. together. Yeah. So scheme they work. It's very out. weird. But uh, I remember liking it a lot. I liked the tone of it. It's very cool. much. Um, if anybody's a fan of the new Battlestar, 
it's Ron Moore takes over and like who did the new Battlestar. He was like the creator and everything in the new Battlestar. And he took over and I think like season three, four, five, and six and seven. And that's when you kind of see he kind of lays a template for the new Battlestar in Deep Space Nine, is what I <laughs> gathered. So Well at the same time I started watching Babylon Five and I thought that was yeah. better than any of the Star Treks. I don't I, I really liked what I was seeing. It's in got that. Some box Have you watched Andromeda yet? <laughs> no. Or Farscape. I just want to say that part time captains is the name of my uh, highwayman cover band. Nice. Well done. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Nick, what have you been watching? Uh, I, re- I rewatched The Hobbit, and I just remembered that like seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> so otherwise, I was going to talk about how I've been watching Portlandia again, and it's awesome. Oh, yeah. um, no, I did rewatch The Hobbit, and it's the first time I've seen it since the theater. And in the theater, I saw it in 3D, 48 frames per second. Mm-hmm. And this, I saw it in 2D, 24, obviously. And I... I really, really liked the movie still. Like, I was not at any point like, oh, I'm not going to watch this part because it's slow. I was, like, really, really, really into it again the whole time. And I think 24 really came out on top for me. It just felt so much more natural. Like, as a movie, it was not it was not straining my brain at any point to process it. Um, <clears throat> I just think it came together a lot better. And I, I, I still want to... The people that I watched it with, it was their first time seeing it. And they so I would... Would have been interested to see what they would have said about forty eight versus you know yeah. one or the other, but I, I remember thinking when I saw it in forty eight frames that the effects were hidden better, and that the the battles were smoother and a little bit easier to follow. But I don't think that's accurate. I think I was wrong because <laughs> in twenty four it still looks just as good, if not better. Well, that's the thing is that I know a lot of people were complaining about the effects and the sets and everything with uh, with forty eight yeah. because it. It makes it made everything look cheaper to them. Well, and my but. friend Amy commented. She was like, "Well, I like." She said the one thing I liked about Forty Eight was that all the aerial shots were very smooth, and she said the battles were a lot easier to follow. I was like, "Yeah, the battles were smooth, but the swords were bouncing off of shit because they were rubber. Like it just like Forty Eight really falsified a lot of it. I think in Twenty Four it looked it looked much more in canon with PJ's already established aesthetic of the first three. Like, I remember in 48, just spotting the ways that they made Gandalf taller than the rest of them. I was like, you can see, like, the parts of the set that are built further back for hmm. the... Interesting. And in 24, I really did I didn't wonder if that was, was more as a 3D than it was in 48 and 24. There were some apparent... Yeah, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting thought. Could be. But either way... I mean, I, that's, that's the... With 3D, you're going to have more depth perception anyway, so that would... Well, the, and the, the thing doesn't... is, I, I liked I liked a lot of the 3D in it, though. So I think if I could see it in 24 3D, I'd be really happy. Hmm. But I think I saw I saw the first Hobbit in 48 first, 24 second. I think maybe I'll see the second one 24 frames first, and then 48, and then I'll maybe really be able to compare. But um, I thought it was interesting. It was really interesting seeing it again. But it's a great movie. I did not watch the extended edition because I heard there's just a lot more singing. <laughs> like literally, my friend, my friend who's a hot, who's like a just uber nerd. She watched them and she was like, "Yeah, there's just like 13 minutes of more songs." And I was like, "Oh, not much else." She's like, "No, there's one little scene here that's kind of cool, but that's about it." And I was like, mm, "All right, I'll stick." I had to put the tales of the Black Freighter in there. Too. <laughs> <laughs> it's in there. It's a deep cut for there's your an Avery, a, <laughs> There's an Avery Brooks cameo. <laughs> okay. He plays. He plays Sauron. Um, I've been watching Arrow. It's uh, quite good. As I've told Willie, I feel as though there is something in in every episode that I can pull from a Nolan movie of some kind. But uh, 
sometimes they do it well, other times it's just kind of the same, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. But the I think it's it's quite watchable. It um, it I like the people involved. John Barrowman's awesome. Definitely grown to like uh, uh, Stephen Amell more now that I've seen more of the the show, and he's kind of grown into the part. So go watch some Arrow. Uh, we'll probably all get caught up on it at some point, and we can we can reconvene on that. We have to. Michael J. White's in the new. I know, right? Season. So is yeah. Sean Marr and uh, Summer Glow. So yeah, Michael J. White. <laughs> <laughs> Michael J. White, who left you a voicemail on your phone? Yes, we should play that for the audience at some point. We should. We should. We got it. Right? <laughs> I think so. Tim's Michael J. White voicemail. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, all right. Anyway, I, I think that's all that I've really been watching. Probably. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Still wondering what Nick meant by his Lovelace comment. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been racking my brain like, what does that mean? It's just a Willy movie. <laughs> it's like a period biopic about a porn star. It feels yeah. like very Willy territory. It <laughs> yeah, does, doesn't it? Yeah. There were a lot of stars in that movie, weren't there? Yeah, there's quite a few. Yeah. In Deep Throat or Lovelace? I gave it five stars. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I didn't see it. Anyway... <laughs> It's only missing Bill Paxton, and that would seal it. Oh, <laughs> or is he in it? Is he not? No, no. Oh. Adam Brody. <laughs> is he not? You watch movies that don't have Bill Paxton in them? This is true. There are seventy. There are period porn movies without Bill Paxton. <laughs> He's always an extra. Oh, hides in the background. That's true. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be amazing if Bill Paxton had been secretly hiding in the background of movies for like 15 years film. and nobody he's like that one guy who's an extra that's in everything like the, the, the chubby guy? dude with yeah. the glasses who's um, in everything yeah. I mean like how I was going to be in every frame of the Low Winter Sun intro but we didn't make that happen yeah, so it's good. not true it's true <laughs> alright um, so that brings us to our full review of Wayne Kramer's Running Scared also known as Paul Walker's Running Scared um Obviously, starring Paul Walker, um, Chaz Palminteri, Cameron Bright as that kid who's in everything, <laughs> and uh, Vera Farmiga, um, Johnny Messner, many other people. Carl Roden. Yes. <clears throat> uh, so the IMDb synopsis says, A low-ranking thug is entrusted by his crime boss to dispose of a gun that killed corrupt cops, but things get out of control when the gun ends up in the wrong hands. Pretty Nailed it. Yeah, they nailed it on that one. Um... So, as I said, I've heard from many people, namely, uh, basically, I think everybody who's been on the Slash Film Cast has talked about Running Scared at some point, and um, it seemed like a good opportunity to to kind of honor Paul Walker and uh, not review Old Boy. Uh, so, <laughs> but no, um, so... I just watched this movie for the first time a few days ago. I know the rest of you have seen it beforehand. Uh, Tim and Lance, I don't know when the last time you watched it was, but mm-hmm. we can kind of go from there. But uh, So, Running Scared. Wayne Kramer. Uh, has Wayne Kramer done anything else? Yeah, The Cooler, yes. which is really good. Mm-hmm. Isn't that with... Um, Alec Baldwin, William H. Missy. Yeah, it's a good yeah. movie. Maria Bello, right. that's the other one. Mindhunters. <laughs> yeah. What was he? What did he do in Mindhunters? I think he wrote Mindhunters. Oh, yeah, he well. Did, uh, he did Crossing Over. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Harrison Ford and other people. And us. then he just did, he actually, Pawn Shop Chronicles, I think, has. Also, which yeah. also, also has, Oscar also starring Paul Walker, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so Wayne Kramer, directing Running Scared. What did, how did you, how do you like Running Scared? We want to, I want to stay away from spoilers because I don't know how many people have seen the movie. Mm-hmm. So, um. Maybe we can turn some people into seeing it. But Lance, how did you feel about Running Scared? 
I saw it a while ago, maybe like four or five years ago, something like that. And I watched it again recently. Um, by recently, I mean like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> just to kind of... Counts. Just to brush up on, on the film. Recently. But it was, um, it was one of those films that I saw that I, I liked. I mean, it was just, it's just a crime film. It's got Paul Walker in it and... And um, it's kind of cool. It's got a lot of kinetic action in it, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of cool uh, effects, visual effects. And he, um, the director, kind of made it kind of like this kind of fairy tale kind of aspect, and that's it's very intentional. Like it, like if you watch it and you're like, oh, it's kind of fairy tales, kind of little allusions to to fairy tales. But no, that's that's very intentional because I remember watching the DVD extras back, mm. back in the day. Cause I was, I was quite interested in the film and, and like the, um, I won't get into the, to that stuff until the spoilers, but, okay. um, um, yeah, it's, it's very, it's a cool film and it's got a lot of violence in it and, mm-hmm. and a, a lot of, it goes a lot of places which you don't think a lot of mainstream Hollywood films would go with, yeah. with violence yeah. and, and that's for sure. And, and sex, despicable and, people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, I guess that's 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 why I thought of it. I liked I liked how it was pretty uh, pretty out there, and yeah, the lighting, cinematography was really good. Yeah, yeah, it fe- it definitely feels like a there's a world to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think I think he did a good job of kind of making this like kind of it do- it doesn't necessarily feel like the world that we live in, but it feels like there's like like it's kind of an off alternate universe where only horrible people exist. But <laughs> anyway, uh yeah. Yeah. All right, Willie, how'd you feel about Running Scared? Um I saw it for the first time back when it was on um DVD. I rented it like a year into working at the video store, and that's the last time I've seen it actually <laughs> until until a few days a ago. Few days ago. Um, I liked it back then and I still like it now. Um I agree with Lance about the fairy tale, uh, and, and for me, I, I always think of comic books because that's that's what I always run to when it comes to like the fantasy element. It has a very comic booky vibe about it, which is cool. Um, I, just in the way it's in the way it's shot and the 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 kind of the heightened version of of people that would exist in the real world. Mm-hmm. You know, every everybody's kind of somebody who you could believe would be in the real world, but just kicked up to just above realistic to like almost cartoonish. Yeah. You know. Which totally fits the look of the movie and the, and the vibe it's, it gives. Um, it, there are aspects of this movie that definitely feel a little dated. There's some lines and some jokes <clears throat> and stuff where you're like, there's not a whole lot, of, not many jokes in this movie, but um, it takes itself pretty seriously. But there's a few where it's just you just you're like, Ugh, why did they, yeah. why did they bring up this? Like, it, I don't know. It just instantly, like, there's a line about Mark McGuire. Yeah, that point. Mark McGuire uh, <laughs> joke is. <laughs> And I instantly went, oh, yeah, yeah, this is why we don't do this, filmmakers. Um, but, and there's, there's some, there are some uh, concepts in the movie that don't quite get utilized well enough. Um, I think they're very cool ideas, the, the idea of, um, like, following a bullet. As, as he puts together the crime scene, you see the, where the bullet goes and how yeah. it got there. Very cool concept, but I feel like... There's a lot of influence there from Matrix and stuff like that, that. Some of the weirder stuff that was going on at the time with that, and it it doesn't age great. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, it's not awful to look at. It's not like it was bullet time or anything, but there's some there's some aspects that I think could be they don't they don't age well. I think they could be done much more interesting. Yeah, and I the, the I went to look. The budget's about seventeen million, and I think you know with a little more money, some of the effects could have might come have been out a little, little bit, bit more. Yeah, 
Um, that being said, I, I really do enjoy the movie. Um, it's certainly one of Paul Walker's better performances of any of that I've, of his that I've seen. He's I think he might be a little bit better even in the later Fast movies, like maybe four yeah. or five, mm-hmm. than in, even in this. But he was he was really good in this. And this is kind of at the height of Paul Walker uh, interest. So. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy it, and it's got some issues, certainly, but most of them are stemming from when the movie was made as opposed to now. I mean, this movie's, what, over ten years old now? No. 2006. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, it feels over ten years old in some ways. <laughs> but that's not... I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I think the Mark McGuire line was dated back then. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> back ten years ago. For some reason, the Mark McGuire kind of line just threw me off for a second. But, yeah. um, no, I really enjoyed it, and, and I could see... It, much in the same way that I mean, this certainly is not as comic booky as Sin City, which is based on a yeah. comic. But I could much in the way that Sin City feels like a world, like it feels like a legitimate universe. Yeah. This feels like a universe where you could see other stories told. In, yeah, you know, so that's kind of cool. All right, Tim, running yeah. scared. Um, say I haven't seen this movie in a little, little while, actually. So I'm kind of pulling stuff from memory here. I've seen it uh, probably two or three times though. I, I like this movie quite a bit. Um. I remember this, yeah, I watched it on DVD. This came out, I believe, the same year as Crank. Maybe the same time as Crank. And they're both similar movies in that they are both they both take it over the top and they both kind of build. Siri Crank. <laughs> 2006, yeah. Yes. So they're both, and they're both take place in worlds full of, like, just despicable people. And Absolutely. you root for the, the one that's less despicable. <laughs> kind I, of, sometimes. And, yeah, and I kind of... I kind of dig those movies, so I'm an easy mark for a movie like this anyway. Um, where was I going? The movie it reminds me of is uh, actually The Warriors a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I've always kind of got a vibe from that, just kind of, once again, kind of a comic book, but in a bigger city and mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of seedy, like, underground stuff. The hockey players help, too. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And, yeah, um, I've always just appreciated it. I think a lot of it probably does feel dated um but i think a lot of the stuff that doesn't work is stuff that's i don't know i guess due to effort really maybe even trying too hard at times <laughs> but i'll i'll take that over laziness i guess now nah, i kind of like laziness too um, <laughs> but probably I'll, probably paul walker's best performance finest hour. I, I think part of the bummer is i know he wanted to do more movies with um Wayne Kramer. Mm. Like, I know they had established a relation... relation uh, this is the gum. It's the gum that I had. But a Damn relationship. It, <laughs> and they had planned on making more, and I think they worked really good together. And one of the yeah. nice things is Paul Walker always had really good chemistry with the stars. I, always, I thought him and... Um, I cannot pronounce her name. Vera? Vera Farmiga. We're really good together in this mm-hmm. movie. And I always enjoyed... That and throughout a lot of his movies, I mean, that's part of what makes the fast movies work. Yeah. So that's part of the thing that I dig about this movie. Um, it's one of we'll get into it in spoilers. It's one of the few movies because I'm. It's one of the few movies that have made me feel really uncomfortable, Absolutely. like while watching it, and I really respect that about it. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so we'll get into that. All right, Nick. Running scared. Tim, you're so entertaining. <laughs> you're the Avery Brooks of this <laughs> table of captains. Except right we know that you're acting well. Um, I, I like it for the most part. I, I really like where it starts and where it continues, but I hate where it ends. And um, Which time? 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> no, it's. Uh, but I love the tone. I love the over the top and very like microcosmy nature of it. Like it, it does feel like one of those movies. Like, like we've got our our world, and there's like circling that is like mm-hmm. the world where Crank is and the Warriors and yeah. and this. And I do really dig it for that. I almost wish it went a little further at times. Because um, sometimes it seems like it tries to come back down a little bit, and you're like, you can't, you can't do that now. <laughs> Just keep going, man. But uh, I do, I love the fact that it takes place in the night. I love, I love movies that do that. It takes place in like a, a short span of time. Mm-hmm. I love that it follows the gun around. Yeah, it's just got a lot of very cool mechanics in it. Um, there's a lot of things about the way it looks that I really dig. I dig a lot of the camera work, a lot of the little weird zooms in and out. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the steady cam stuff is in there is very cool. It's just a neat movie. A lot of the sets are very bizarre and interesting. The diner is so unique. Uh, there's a lot of other interiors that are really good. But I think from a from a production design standpoint, it's really fascinating. A lot of the performances are good. Uh, just the story really unravels at the end, and it leaves me feeling unsatisfied with where it winds up. But over on the whole, I think it's a pretty interesting movie to watch. This is only my second time seeing it. I saw it back in like 06, 07, shortly after it first came out. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. What about your revelation while watching it? <clears throat> that you uh, borrow a line from it that you didn't realize was... Didn't oh, realize yeah. Was <laughs> you know, my brother would immediately remember what that's from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was really funny. I don't think I should say it in non-spoilers, maybe. I don't remember exactly what it is. So, yeah, save it for non-spoilers. Okay. But. Or for spoilers. So I just chew our gum for a minute. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Goldblum chewing. Is that what it was? So, yeah, I, I enjoyed the movie. Well, enjoyed might be the wrong word, but I think it's I think it's an interesting movie to watch. Uh, I, I definitely feel like it's one of the few times where Paul Walker is putting on a character. Mm-hmm. Like... Brian O'Connor from the Fast and the Furious movies, you could just say that he's Paul Walker and, you know, give him a badge or something and then that's it. But this time, he feels like, uh, he feels like somebody who loses control and is just, can get crazy and, and is in too far over his head. Like, and that's the ability of, like, I, I I wouldn't necessarily know that Paul Walker is able to sell that by watching some of his other movies, so... Um, I think this is definitely one of his finer performances. Uh, but it, that being said, the movie does feel dated at, at times, and the the effects. I think uh, I think the ideas behind the effects are very cool, like you said, Willie. But especially with like following the bullet and and, and whatnot, mm-hmm. and him kind of stepping out of the uh, like the the flashback and yeah, that, like that stuff is cool. But I think with a little more money behind it, or with newer technology behind it, it would have been a little bit more successful. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think, uh, the kid did a good enough job, which, you know, a lot of the times kids can, can ruin movies for some people and that's not necessarily me, but I think he, he, you know, he sells it enough. Uh, I, I like the fact that the movies kind the movies filled with like these one note caricatures kind of just like Mm -hmm. completely over the top people. And I, and I think it's interesting kind of seeing seeing them all bounce off and like it's like the, you just throw them all at each other and see who falls over and who doesn't and it's it's <laughs> it's interesting um but no I, I i think i think it was good and and uh i was i was pretty glad to be reviewing something that i know that you know a lot of people have not seen and then on top of that uh, uh 
just kind of something that we could dig our teeth into a little bit more because mm-hmm. while we could probably have done that with old boy, uh, I think, uh, a lot of it, you know, kind of from the reviews and the things, it feels as though old boy is just kind of reviewing the same thing. I was going to say, again. you could just watch the yeah. old boy. We could just, we could just talk about the original <laughs> and have the, the same conversation. Yeah, which we do need to do. Yes. But, um, Can we talk about your love for Vera Farmiga real quick? Oh, God. I, there were a couple Vera times... Vera Farmiga's I'm, great. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's but, fantastic. She's gorgeous. I love her. There were a couple times during the movie where you... Audibly, I heard you go, Oh I was very audible in this movie. <laughs> Particularly yeah, in, in the second act uh, with the uncomfortableness that I yeah. assume Tim is talking about. Because this is just straight up... I Absolutely what you said. I, ad- I admire this movie for the fact... That it made me feel that uncomfortable. It went there. <laughs> it definitely did, and I and I, you know, I, I don't think there's a lot of movies that take that chance. And um, mm-hmm. I think part of it is that you, with this, in this case, there's other movies that have dealt with very nasty subjects like that. But um, in this case, y- you don't see it coming. No, it, it kind it of just, just side, yeah, side really blinds no you. Yeah. yeah, in the film, but, but yet it does. Yeah. It kind of does because, yeah, because of, the, of all the people that the characters. Yeah, it escalates. The, yeah, the types, the, the archetypes. Of the characters. But yeah, you were very loud during the movie. It was very funny. <laughs> it how was you, yeah. how you do that. You were making all sorts. Oh, oh, get, ah. yeah. yeah, it was fun. Yeah. So uh, yeah, congrats, movie, for making me need to take a shower afterwards. Well, <laughs> Wayne Kramer. Yeah. Good job, Wayne Kramer. Making it happen. Sleazemeister. <laughs> <laughs> Any other uh, non-spoilery thoughts? Um, can we mention The Cooler a little bit? Who's seen The Cooler? I have not seen The Cooler. I've seen it. Yeah, it's the been a while. It's yeah, good. it's yeah. been a long time. Mm-hmm. Really right. good film. You see William H. Macy in the buff in that, don't yeah. you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Sick. And, and Maria, <laughs> several times, too. Like, and Maria Bello as well. And um, I, want, I want everybody to know that that was a good sick. That was not a sick. A sick. <laughs> sick. Yeah. yeah. And um, that film, that also went places, which I thought it wouldn't go. Mm-hmm. Just Interesting. With, um, yeah. And Wayne Kramer pushing the envelope since 03? Pretty much, pretty yeah. much. I I, I'd be interested to see that again now. It's been a long, long, long time since mm-hmm. I've seen it, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's an interesting interesting writer-director of Mindhunters. I didn't realize he did. Mm-hmm. I I kind of oh want to boy. see Crossing Over because when yeah. I was looking at his IMDb, it said he directed a short called Crossing Over, which mm-hmm. I think is the same thing. Like he made it and then he later adapted it into feature length. So it feels like that might be like his kind of passion project. Right. Yeah, I never got around to seeing that. It might be his yeah. painting game. <laughs> it might be his crash. And oh, Pawn Shop Chronicles, which looks insane, like absolutely absurd, <clears throat> might exist in the same world as Running Scared. I saw a preview for it, and I was like, what? It's yeah. called Pawn Shop Chronicles, so... It, it looks nuts. It's got, like, every actor, like, it's like I think Elijah Wood's in there, and Ryan Felipe, and it's, it's Interesting. weird. All those actors <laughs> from very the early strange. 2000s. Very strange. <laughs> Late 90s. All right. I think that's about it for non-spoiler, Terry. Running Scared. Run Scared, starring Nelly. <laughs> Not the Running Scared with... Um, Gregory Hines? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that, that one. Which yeah. I saw when I was like 11. Yeah. Think, Should we like, talk about the Gregory Hines Running Scared real quick? <laughs> I, think, I think I was like... God, I was probably younger than that. I think I was like... Is it Gregory nine. Hines and Billy Crystal? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And my dad was watching that, and I'm pretty sure like a naked lady just wanders right into the frame <laughs> at some point. My dad was like, whoop! And like, <laughs> quickly fast forwarded. We apologize if you were looking for a review of the Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal running should have made that clear, really. Yes, if you wanted, I remember liking it. <laughs> <laughs> <Me too>. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's two other running scareds as well. There are four I think in total, right? Yeah, I think there's been one in like every decade since the 70s. <laughs> so it's up to us to carry the torch and make the next <laughs> one scared. Yes. Yep. 
Running Scared Running 20, Scared 2014. Seven years, guys. Running Scared starring Nelly. Nelly. Running Scared. Running Scared. All right, uh, we're gonna take a quick break and then we will be right back for Spoiler Terry for Running Scared. <laughs> Alright, here we are in spoiler Terry for Running Scared. Baby rapists. Baby rapists. <laughs> oh. Oh. That was exactly the same. Oh. <laughs> Sorry for your ears, but Jesus. What was hilarious too was it was instant. Yeah. As yeah. soon as those people opened the door, you were like, no, no. <laughs> Which, why, Alex? Just because. I wonder. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. I was not uh, baby rapist. <laughs> you were baby life. rapped. Baby rapped. No, no. I, I Should we explain the scene? I don't want to make light of any of this, but <laughs> no, no it's, you gotta laugh. So, uh, so Oleg escapes uh, from from uh, someone. Yeah, from someone <laughs> out of the diner, and he goes to hide in this that van. And uh, these people open up the van, presumably the people who own the van, and you see that there's two other kids in there with him, and they're just like, oh, it looks like we've caught a stray. And, ugh. Yeah. They have ice cream cones. They say we have to go back and get one more ice cream cone. Yeah. They just are, they're just bedazzled and raped. And they just, I don't... Raped here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's horrifying. That, that, that costume design and performance must just be so perfect for me to just instantly have that... Well, I think huge props to Bruce Altman and Elizabeth Mitchell for yeah. playing convincing rapists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're actually like they're they're like a weirdly perfect like look like perfect looking couple. Like they both have, like stepped out of like a commercial for coffee or something. Like so, it's really unnerving because they just seem like so squeaky clean. But they're so... especially when you see the inside of their apartment. Or, like, yeah, when she goes oh, in and is yeah. looking around, she's like it's so it, sanitary. It, they just seem like, like a successful yeah yuppie middle aged couple. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. This was the part I was talking about in the spoiler, and this is the part. I just remember watching it, like, the first time, and because the movie is so, like, it just keeps building over the top and over the top, like, you get to that point, and you're just like, what the, what's gonna happen? Like, <laughs> no, like, we, what, like, what are they gonna do here? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what, what's so great about that scene, I, not, yeah, what's great about that scene, and what works about it, why it's so disgusting is, like, you're in the world of all these so-called, like, despicable people that all kind of live by a code and everything, so they at least have something, and then you get to these people who are, like look like well-meaning adults and they're totally rapists they're like the like, worst they're child people, yeah. like they're the worst people in the movie oh yeah. it's so good yeah it was funny because i said <laughs> i said to willie maybe like 30 40 minutes into the movie i was like this movie is just filled with nothing but horrible horrible people and willie yeah. was just like just, just wait. you wait and he was he was very very right it's really like that whole scene i mean some of it can be i i think you could construe as kind of like hammy and like ridiculous like, like ridiculous like taking like the idea of like pedophiles and like turning it up to like a billion because like they have this whole like rape room and stuff and it just i mean i don't know how i don't know but maybe they may i don't know you're just but, not well versed to the ways it, of yes of baby that. Rapists. but 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 it's 
It it works really well though. Like when she goes in the like from the moment she enters that apartment, that whole scene is so tense. Like you're like mm-hmm. when she opens the closet and she discovers the body bag and mm-hmm. like the and the, the bleach bottles. Oh that are, god, that are rated. They have yeah, that are rated. System. Organized oh, by rating. God, it's horrifying. <laughs> Disgusting. Whole I actually thought Tim. I thought weirdly enough, I was like. He's either going to go with what everybody thinks he's going to go with as far as what he was disturbed by, yeah. which is the, obviously the the uh, the raping stuff, or he's going to go with Paul Walker awkwardly going down on Vera Farmiga on top of Washington. That, yeah. I, yeah. Thought, I thought maybe that, that was going to be your uncomfortable me. moment. That was... Um... Yeah, that was because uh, that comes early in the movie. That's like the first scene after the shootout, right? Yeah, it comes early, <laughs> and it looked like I'm not gonna lie, it looked like I apologize to not like, simulated. Yeah, it, it yeah. looked legit. I yeah. remember that sure. kind of like the, the shootout, and then that kind of set the tone for what yeah. you're in for. I'm, it's true. I'm yeah. just gonna throw this out there. I'm pretty sure Paul Walker actually went down on Vera Farmiga for that scene. I'm just. I'm, I, I don't know how they, they fixed just really need to you get onto the. <laughs> <laughs> it's there. It's there. <laughs> you know? Good on you, Paul Walker. Um, yeah, that. So that I, I like the. Uh, we had to talk about the one of the more colorful characters of the film. Oh, the pimp. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. Which is actually tying back into if you listen to the stuff before this, I was talking about a, a line that Nick had said that he uses with his, he's used with his brother multiple times, and then he goes, oh, man! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there was just a line from the pimp that my brother and I used to throw around constantly, and I had no clue as to its origin, and then it shows up in this movie, and I just threw back my head laughing. I was like, no way. Running scared? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which my brother and I have seen precisely once in our lives. That's what was so funny about it, is I could see the moment of, like, the light bulb going, like, oh, yes! It was yeah, perfect. it was funny. It was perfect. The pimp is so funny. Wait, what was the line? I missed the line. <laughs> he, it's when, when Paul Walker, it's at the very end when you think everything's gonna be cool. Ending number diner. two. Yeah. Of uh, yeah. three or four. When for some reason... And this is where I start to have problems in this movie. <laughs> the movie when suddenly yeah. undercover cop Joey Gazelle, who I thought when he when he says that line in the movie, like he's like I've been I've been you know he has the wire and all that. I thought that was just a clever way of like psyching them out. Yeah, I was like, whoa, that's pretty crafty. And then when it turns out that's true, and then he's like, they the police come in and they're like, hey, we lost track of you. And he's like, oh, it's cool, get in there and clean it up or whatever. And he totally does like the Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jingle All the Way scene where he has a fake badge and he's like. And they all let him go, and then he just takes the kid and walks away. I was like, what? Yeah. He's got this, like, <laughs> this minor with him, and he's like, I got it, boys. Like, you're not, you're not General Schwartz cop for anything. Like, you're, <laughs> you're still just a cop or a fed. Like, they would take the kid and, like, you know, debrief him. And it was just very weird to me. And then they go to that shitty diner, and then the pimp shows up when, when they're getting ready to leave, and everything's cool, and the pimp goes to, like, shoot the kid, and there's this whole... Anyway, Paul Walker t- is basically telling the pimp, it's like alpha male versus alpha male, and they're trying to check each other, and Paul Walker tells him he's going to stand down, and the pimp is just like, I'm a Mac Daddy pimp! The <laughs> like, line of desperate, like, yeah. trying to validate himself. And it, it's just the delivery is so hysterical, and his voice cracks in all the right places, and it just always stuck with me, apparently. That was like a perfect impression. It was. That's literally. Did you record the ADR for that scene? It was even better than my episode two uh, Sly Stone impression <laughs> during our dramatic reading of Expendables two. Yeah. But it's uh yeah the ending's just that that was kind of it, weirdly I was like this is a weird coda which I'd kind of be okay with if it was just a weird exactly that like a little afterthought and then the two of them leave the diner but then it like goes on again and he's got to drive home and he's like been. Stab or shot? Yes, shot. And, shot. And, and then he's got to get home, and they're like, "No, 
and he's like, I love you, I really loved you. And I was like, all right, there's a little something, and then he's dead, but he's not. He's on the farm with some old man fixing stuff, and I was just like, what the, f- what the hell? <laughs> yeah. I remember, like, This yeah. movie ended more times in Return of the King, and it's very, <laughs> it just, it, I don't know. I okay. kind of, I, like I said, it's I blanked out everything after the, the glow-in-the-dark hockey scene, because that scene's great, where they, they shoot pucks, like, glow-in-the-dark hockey Yeah, they, they got Walker's. some hockey players to yeah. come and shoot some uh-huh. pucks at Paul Walker's face. <laughs> Which is really strange, like, were those mob guys in hockey gear? Like, I, don't, I never figured that out, like, are they professional hockey players that they had come down for the day? Like, I, yeah, just I kind of figured, kind of like, they were Whoa, Russian man. mobsters, but also Russian hockey players. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the scene where the puck hits his head is really, that, that one always makes me wince, because, like, yeah. you, like as soon as it hits him, you can straight see it start bleeding. It was a really good it's so really. fake looking now, I think. I remember when I first saw it, I was like, whoa, that looked real. Well, the and, fakest and... part about it is that they're under all of black lights ever made in the world, and then the blood doesn't glow. Okay. <laughs> ice that ice pack was totally oh, destroyed. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Most 99% Come on. of people would not know that. Come on. <laughs> um, including all the creative team behind this movie. Apparently. apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's such a cool movie for like two thirds of it, and then it just kind of gets a little weird for me. Like then the ice pack gets blown, and then it just it's all downhill from there. I think the ice pack would be getting hit in the forehead with a hockey puck; would probably kill you. It it, it would it would not be good, <laughs> or at least make. Well, you... I think blood happened before that a little bit. There was some blood somewhere. In There'd that probably be internal room. bleeding, though. Hmm. I don't know. Well, whatever. Um, <laughs> there's many, 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 many more ice packs to be blown in this movie. And up, up, up. Blood's not glowing. This movie's fake. <laughs> I love I love Alex's ice packs. Um, I love that we coined the term ice pack. Ice oh movie. yeah, um, GI Joe started it all. What a worthy movie. <laughs> can we talk? Are there any other movies that we can think of? I'm making my own topic. We're blazing a trail right now. I got the wheel of the ship. Are there any other movies we can think of? Like I am the captain now. <laughs> And there are other movies that are like this little pocket weird universe that sets up its own rules and, and just kind of exists in like a little snow globe thing. Any other noteworthy ones you can think of? Hobo with a shotgun. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which yep. this movie's world kind of weirdly reminds me of. So we take this <laughs> yeah. movie and, and multiply it even further. <laughs> Creates do street murder. hobo with a shotgun. I almost don't count because it's meant it's made to be a parody. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's is. true. But it definitely the, the universe of hobo with a shotgun actually like weirdly makes sense. Like I don't, I don't know, it feels like a, like an actual like place. I think of uh, um, oh god, why am I blanking? Uh, every Richard Kelly movie I think I've seen, like yeah. Donnie Darko, mm-hmm. is very much and Southland Tales in a huge way. Like mm-hmm. that movie is fantasy land for sure. Mm-hmm. But I yeah, it. pretty much yeah. Have you seen Southland Tales? No, I haven't seen all Southland oh, Tales. Whoa. I've seen a decent amount of clips. <laughs> the, the rock, all those scenes of the rock. The rock, and then the part where um, Justin Timberlake sings. sings the killer song. Yeah. yeah, I've seen that part. But I should I should sit down and watch it. It's just so long. Um, the one-eyed Justin Timberlake steps down <laughs> from his turret that he's always manning to sing in an arcade with a bunch of girls. Stop spoiling this movie. I'm very excited. It's now. terrific. You should see it. Uh, <laughs> it's very interesting. Yeah, pretty much any yeah any Wes Anderson movie, any Tarantino movie. Um, can I say it? Can I say it, Willie? Hmm. Can I say the movie? I already said the Walter Hill movie earlier. Oh. That's kind of related. But Streets of Fire is a movie yeah. that I love. That's by Walter Hill, and it's very much. Some people say it takes place like years before the Warriors is kind of the same deal. It's, like connected mm-hmm. it's kind of a yeah. connected universe and that's it's kind of the same deal. So back when there was still joy in the Warriors universe. <laughs> yes. Um and Diane Lane. Yes. Um yeah I, I like I, I do like these movies. I can't think of a ton of examples, but I do like movies that take uh 
that take the real world and, and totally add this, just tweak it that little bit that makes it, it everything feels off kilter. You know, everything mm-hmm. feels not quite right. Well, every David Lynch movie. Yes. All After Hours. They're not really movies, though. It was the Scorsese movie. Is it After Ooh, Hours? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Nope. Sorry. Yeah, the, <laughs> the homeless person in this film looks a lot like the character from Mulholland Drive. Do you know mm. what I'm talking about? Like the ratty homeless person? Oh, the yeah. one who you never... Yeah, that character's really interesting. Yeah. They distort his voice and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That's very, that's very fairy tale-y. They yeah, do that, though. That. Anytime that... Um, it's interesting. Anytime that uh, uh, Oleg is in danger... Of something, there's a weird when he sees like the day, like when he's in the um, yeah in the bathroom in the bathroom. He like there's a the demonic, moment, creepy yeah. Freddy Krueger hands and mm-hmm. stuff. So it, it's almost. I mean, I guess when you're a kid, you would. I mean, That's interesting. your mind will play tricks. It's, it's kind of interesting because like when Paul Walker runs into the homeless guy who's kind of creepy, he just seems like uh, like a drug addict, yeah, like you know, dude. like a vagrant, you know. But mm-hmm. like when when the kid sees him, he's like really like. I don't know, cunning, and he sounds... He's actually intimidating when the kid... Very when you see him through the kid's eyes. Absolutely. Which is, which is actually very, very cool. Yeah, it's a very cool uh, cool idea. That, yeah. um, I'm trying to think. There's another one, too, that really kind of takes takes the real world and, and spins it on its head, and I can't remember what I was thinking of. That's too bad. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Would you I, just I, spoil? I no, no, I just... I was trying to think of a movie that... Was that thanks for paying attention, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I got a really cryptic text that was... Sorry. <laughs> what was it? I'm pitting him. Uh, Lance, you, yes. you talked about the fairy tale nature of the movie and oh, you yeah. wanted to say something and spoilers about it. What did you Oh yeah, well just to like the the end credits kind of kinda of did that for me before I saw the D V D special features or it was like it kinda of showed you like which character represented like which character in a fairy tale. Character from Running Scared character in a fairy tale. Oh, did it do that? A little bit. Oh, really? Um, it kind of like, well, it was kind of like just like a normal person that turned into a monster kind of thing in the, in the end credits, I remember. We might have turned it off before they started. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Alex had already dove head first into the shower. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, that was there. Um, do you remember what they, like what character, is there a specific I, characters that they try to tie them to? Or is one, it? one that sticks out was just like, I don't know, one was the, like, no, almost like the, the fingers was like, mm-hmm. It's not a fairy tale, but Nosferatu is like, sure, yeah. they kind of look like a vampire. Mm-hmm. And yeah, look, it's it a pretty cool end credit sequence, I we remember. Should, we should have watched it. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> so definitely check that out. But uh, yeah, it was it was definitely intentional. He wanted to make it like a fairy tale, like a war- and like kind of Oleg goes down the rabbit hole kind of thing where he travels from person sense. to person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's interesting. I like that. I like that spin on it. I, I wish we would have watched the credits now. Yeah. Maybe next week we will mention that we watch the credits, perhaps or not. We might do that. <laughs> Anything's possible. <laughs> not ruling here, here on the Midwest Film News podcast. <laughs> Imagination is your only limit. Uh, all right. Anything Dreams else? Are for real. Throw, throw us some Jaden lines. <laughs> School is a tool to brainwash the youth. Jaden Smith. Are we talking Hashtag about? Hashtag Cool Tape Volume Two. <laughs> Are we talking about Paul Walker? Sure. A little bit? I think we should. Yeah, yeah. We didn't come here to mourn Paul Walker. We came to celebrate That's true. Paul Walker. Yeah, that's true. Because yep. I'm... Oops, sorry. I am a Paul Walker fan from way back. Like, I, she's all that days? Uh, yeah, she's all that. Um, <laughs> Pleasantville. Yeah, Pleasantville. He's in Pleasantville. And I just wanted to mention, because there are a couple movies that I think maybe if you haven't... And Willie mentioned one of them. If, like, if you haven't seen that, Paul Walker in it are worth... Like tracking down, checking out. Joy Rides, one of Joy Ride, Joey Ride. It's first in Vegas. Okay. <laughs> I get so excited. 
But Joyride is a really fun little. It's a if you've ever seen Duel by Spielberg, like the early, it's pretty much a rip off of it's that. It's the WB, WB version of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's got him and Steve Zahn and Lily Sobieski. I don't know why I keep saying these names and I can't <laughs> pronounce. But um, it's really fun, and like I said, Paul Walker and Steve Zahn are really they've got really good chemistry in that. Mm-hmm. Like very, I always like Steve Zahn pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, let's see, what else? The Skulls. The Skulls is a really <laughs> fun 1990s... WB thriller. TV. He's in Varsity Blues, too, isn't he? Yep. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's another one, and this is like a... It's Eight Below, and it's a <laughs> Snow Dogs movie. And I remember watching it with my mom one time. And, like, I was like, ugh, this is like a Disney movie, blah, blah, blah. And I got really into, like, the last 30 <laughs> minutes of it, because he has to... Paul Walker has to save a bunch of snow dogs, and I like I like Paul Walker, and I like dogs. So I remember it's like really, that. it's a really intense movie. Actually. It, no, it's yeah. really it's really it's one of those classic like Disney. It's one of like the good Disney. Type well, movies. it reminds me of back when Disney like with their live action movies, mm-hmm. they were they were a little ballsier. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they weren't afraid to like scare kids and show kids this stuff. You know, right? I mean, we're talking old Geller days, man. Right. Some nasty stuff out there. And listen to our Fast and Furious podcast because we cover all those there. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah, I always, always dug the guy. I thought he was a good dude. He's yeah. kind of cool because he's like, uh, Alex, I don't know if it was you that sent out the article about a journalist had written about Paul Walker and about kind of how... No, he, that was Tim. It was you, Tim? Okay. Yeah. Uh, he kind of said something along the lines of, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, about um, how Paul Walker's kind of... He's the leading man. He was always, you know, good looking enough to be the leading man, but he, he was he was just that almost perfect guy, which is... It's kind of cool. It's almost better than being the perfect guy. Like, yeah. uh, he, he's not an actor that you know won a ton of awards or mm-hmm. anything by any means. And um, but he's. I think that I think that him, he will be missed. I think you know. Well, and I I think personally, I kind of feel like he could have a similar trajectory to that of like uh, Matthew McConaughey, mm-hmm. where McConaughey seemingly started out on. Movies where he just had opportunities to take a shirt off sure. and then kind of ended up veering into like, oh, these are things that I'm interested in. These are portrayals that I feel I could bring something to. And I mm-hmm. think the more Paul Walker would have learned about himself and the more movies that he did, I think he was kind of getting to a place where he could have gone there. But Sure. I wanted to mention another <clears throat> Wayne Kramer, who directed, and we talked about, wrote a really, really sweet kind of eulogy for him on like his Facebook page. You can find it by searching Wayne Kramer, Paul Walker eulogy. Mm-hmm. But it's really good and... It's a really kind of touching thing. So. Okay. I will have to check it out because I have not yet. Any other Paul Walker running scared thoughts? Pour one out. Paul Walker, uh, yeah, his. I'm not a huge. I was not, I guess, in, like an old school Paul Walker fan. I only really liked him from. It's a bummer because I only really like him from our recent. Yeah. foray into mm-hmm. the fast movies and I always knew who he was he was always kind of but I had no feelings one way or the other about him he was like whatever that guy's there but it's a real drag because Alex and I went into the fast franchise together uh, like real skeptics of the whole thing we were both like this is going to be dumb and we really oddly and pretty quickly fell in love with it and um, there's a quote that was really good that I was reading in relation to this. It was saying the Fast franchise did a great job of turning around from being about street racing and that kind of thing into a really interesting uh, series of movies about this group of characters that are really brought together and held together by the themes of family and friendship. Yeah. And it's just a real drag to think that... I think that's why you and I bought into it so heavily is because we tend to really enjoy stuff like that and movies about those kind of characters that are really held together by those bonds. 
and that's why when uh, uh, it was you, Alex, who sent in our group text that picture that uh, Ludacris, I think, posted that said "thankful for the Fast Family," and it was well, all it was, them mm, around the table. It was somebody. It wasn't me. But. Um, and I, in the morning, I woke up and I said, "That's intense," because like I, yeah. I read that and I was like, "That really makes it hit home." Because the only reason I bought into that franchise, the the action's cool. There's lots of neat effects. I mean, there were so many cool moments in, in Fast Four, Five, and Six that I really liked. But the the reason that I kept coming back for it and was really excited, and we all had so much fun with it, was because it's about this family, this mm-hmm. family dynamic, and he was at the core of it. Both his character and because uh, I mean, his character is the one who is the reason the whole thing exists. Yeah. And, you know, I think the actor coming back to the franchise was a big, big part of that as well. So I think a serious uh, and a really beloved movie franchise is t- took a serious blow and possibly had its death knell dealt to it with that because um, I don't know how they can recover from it and keep the franchise going without those those core characters. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. It's a little soon to talk about all that stuff because, you know... I, it could be that could be yeah, done. It, it could easily be done just because maybe Vin Diesel and Tyrese are just like there's no there's no point, you know. But I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll have to revisit that when we know what shape Fast Seven's going to take. But it is. I think. I think it was. I think Paul Walker had he had potential that he was that he was reaching. Like he was. He seemed like a really humble dude in the beginning because I found out that he had, he has a 15-year-old daughter. He was 25 when he had her, and that was, like, right around the time of the first Fast and Furious. And I think, you know, kind of him having these people that he needs to take care of in his life and then eventually getting to a point where he hits these billion-dollar movies that are coming out. Like, he, he helped make the Fast and Furious franchise like a billion-dollar franchise. <clears throat> I think he could be heading that way of the people that we've been talking about, mm-hmm. like you know, uh, Kyle Chandler and, and Brian Cranston of those people who worked to like did, did movies to work. And then finally they got this big, you know, success. And so it's, it's, it's disappointing. It's very sad and very sudden and, you know, he deserved better. Yeah. There, uh, one thing too, I, I didn't know that he was involved in, um, so much charity work Yeah. before, before everything came out about his, his passing. And, um, I think it's very cool because a lot of the time when you see, it's always good to see celebrities getting involved and, and, and trying to um, uh, to do you know good things for communities and stuff like that. It's always great, but oftentimes you feel like it's a PR stunt. Yeah, I, you know they had their personal photographer with them, and the fact that I that I didn't know this entire time that Paul Walker like not only like did charitable stuff, but like ran a charitable organization. Yeah, like that tells me right there that he wasn't doing it just because. He was doing it for a for a, a photo shoot, you know. So it's very cool. It, it speaks a lot about him, you know, as a person. So yeah, I think uh, yeah, Reach Out Worldwide is the name. I think that's his charity organization. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, they started, I think, to benefit uh, Haiti back in 2010. Was it? Yeah. Some, yeah. Yeah. So so he was leaving a charity thing when it happened. So yeah. So you know, All right, rest in dude. peace, Paul Walker. We will miss you. Yes. Um, have a corona for us. Yeah. I think that's about it. I'm not going to plug any of our stuff because out of respect for Paul Walker. So. Um, that's about it. Brian O'Connor, go watch a movie. <laughs>